Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, and we are reading from the big book on page 72, the second paragraph, beginning with the eighth sentence. Time after time, newcomers have tried through eight sentences, ending with until they told someone all their life story. Today's readers are Vanessa G., Margaret D., Rachel P. The reference number for April 4th is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,118, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,119. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Victoria to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Good morning. This is Victoria L. from Muncie, Indiana. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Eleven, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought to and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Victoria. And I will now ask Annette M. 
to read the 12 traditions of OA. Hi, this is Annette M. Um, calling in from Toronto, Canada, gratefully recovered. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as we, he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group has, uh, should be autonomous except in matters affecting the group or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeater Anonymous should for, remain for, uh, forever and non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeater Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence OA never, OA, the, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Tradition 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Annette. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 72 the second paragraph beginning with the eighth sentence. Time after time, newcomers have tried through eight sentences ending with until they told someone all their life stories. Comments on these eight sentences in conclusion of the paragraph. I will now ask Vanessa G. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, everyone who's on the line. 
This is Vanessa G. in New Mexico, um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is, is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. But they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense that we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. So thank you very much for um, allowing me to be of service this morning. Um, this entire chapter, I think, for me, has um, is all about um, instructions in humility and uh, fearlessness and honesty. Um, those are my lessons that I learned. And in order to learn those lessons in this chapter, um, I have had to uh, clear the way, um, let go of some of those things that I had hidden deep within myself. I've never, um, I've never been a type, you know, well, maybe I was born the type of person that would um, blurt out everything at any given time. But um, over the years, I had learned um, much about keeping secrets and not letting people know what was going on inside of me. Um, sometimes it was harmless and sometimes um, it wasn't. Um, the only thing that I know is, is that I'll, as all that built up inside, as I told myself that some of these things that um, I was the most ashamed of were um, never to see the light of day, I also hid them from myself. And I also blocked myself off um, from my higher power. And... Um, when I look at this chapter, what really steps out, to, you know, what really comes out to me is not just about letting go of my secrets, but also the fact that this is a teaching, um, a learning exercise for me. And um, my lessons are humility, fearlessness, and honesty. And aren't those great things to learn? Um, I just, I look at those and they're, they're such gifts, humility, fearlessness, and honesty. Um, learning about those um, is truly learning about my right place um, in the universe, um, in the world, um, amongst all of you, and especially in relationship, you know, to God. Um, this last couple of, in these last few days, I've been writing a little bit, um, writing prayers, and I've been referring to my God as my teacher and um, asking um, for instruction throughout the day. And, um, you know, the end of this chapter ends up with, a, uh, you know, a, a reference to us being an undisciplined lot. And having been in Catholic school, I don't like the word discipline, unless I look at it in terms of, you know, the, the definition of um, being taught or developed, you know, by instruction. And so, um, 
I just ask, you know, God in the morning, um, you know, please teach me throughout this day, um, humility, fearlessness, and honesty. Um, these are my lessons um, at this point in time. And um, those are the ones that will save me. Those are the gifts that I get um, that will save my life. So, and with that, I'll pass. By the way, I wanted to finish up with, you know, just a little lightness. You know, we may not be a glum lot, but we sure are a dumb lot when we first get here. So um, I'm really um, grateful for the lessons that Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous has brought me. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you so much. Okay, it is now time for sharing, and I don't have that part of the script, so excuse me. So if you have shared um, in the last two days, please refrain and give somebody else an opportunity to share. We are sharing on the second paragraph, beginning with the eighth sentence, time after time the newcomers have tried through eight sentences until they told someone their life stories. So please, if you could just give me one name at a time, would be great. I'm a little rusty at this. So who would like to share on the paragraph that was read? Krista R. in Baltimore. Krista R. Danielle in Minnesota. Danielle O. and somebody from Minnesota. Bonnie B. Bonnie B. Okay. Anyone else? Loretta H. Heather E. H. Lynn S. Loretta. Okay, hold on. Loretta H. and then somebody E. H. Sorry. Heather. Heather. Awesome. And after Heather? Lynn S. Lynn S. Okay, let's take another couple. Veronica C. Veronica C. Margaret D. Margaret D. Okay, let's stop with that. So I hope I got the first name right. Krista R. Danielle O. Bonnie B. So let's start with start with Krista R. If I got that right, thank you. And if I didn't get that right, if you were the first person, go ahead. Hi, good morning. It's it's Rivka uh, with an R. Oh Rivka my R God. from Baltimore. Sorry. No problem. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm a gratefully con- uh, recovered compulsive overeater, and um, the, this is one of the the sentences that always struck fear in my heart. Uh, they only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves. I was being in and out of the program for the last 35 years. There were times that I that I thought that I had lost some of my, some of my egoism and fear. I thought that I humbled myself. Um, did many fourth steps, many fifth steps. Um, but this time around, um, thank God for the last. Uh, over two two years, um, I really saw this in a different light, and I I let myself stop being so afraid of losing my egoism and fear and and humbling myself. I I saw it in, 
in a in a way that it was an ongoing process. And even though I told somebody what I thought was my whole story, there was still um, a lot of ongoing work daily that I had to keep being in contact with my higher power to be able to even see my egoism and fear and even understand what it meant to to humble myself even a little bit. Um, so I just wanted to, to put that out there that um, it is an ongoing process. We're now about to start a holiday where the whole basis of the whole holiday is the destruction of self-centeredness, the you know the the deflation of our ego the um you know being able to leave our the places that were were stuck and in in narrow straits and in in our in the bondage of self and being able to to uh actually follow you know follow the, uh, um our higher power into his will for us and um it's an amazing time of, of really understanding what it means to be free. And for me, that's only when I release my egoism and, and fear with, regard, with the help of my higher power for us to see it and then to release it and to not be so afraid that, you know, humbling myself will um, actually actually brings me the freedom and the happiness that I'm, that I'm, that I'm seeking in my life. So... Anyway, thanks for letting me share, and everyone have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you, Riska R. Now, Danielle O., followed by Bonnie B. Good morning, everyone. My name is Danielle O. from northern New York. This has been a a nice time to be listening to this part of the, the book, and you know, I know that today I cannot do this program alone, and although I've tried over the last few years, thinking that uh, I, I would be able to manage that on my own, and I haven't. So I, I, every time I come back, I come back with a humble heart, but at the same time, there's something that, that in my head goes, no, you can, you can go ahead, and, uh, and I follow that. And today, it, it feels very different, just day by day as I'm staying abstinent. Um, I chimed in a little this morning because uh, today is 30 days. And I can feel um, the healing power that goes on within. You know, I, I, it, it's unexplainable why I can go this 30 days without wanting to compulsively overeat. And I, I can only attribute that to my, the, the, the loving power of my, the God of my understanding. And I, I just love that this feeling has overpowered me because each day I come through and I'm going, you know, sometimes I think I don't deserve it. And it just, but you know what? It's happening. And I'm going to keep receiving that because it's it's more important that I I like I can understand that it just feels good. So abstinence just feels good. You know the steps are good. They follow they're a good order of direction. <clears throat> but they, it's it's just that I can feel so much more of that power, the power that drives me to be safe and on this path. It's not it's not about all the other things that can get in the way. And um, I've watched. I've watched my, my body continuously heal and, you know, things are changing. You know, the blood pressure is down, the blood sugar is down. It's all good. Why wouldn't I want to be on that path? And yet this addiction to, to food and overeating has been the most, the biggest struggle in my life. And yet I know that each day I come through it with his power and his, 
and every I keep pointing to him because it's all I can do is he's the only answer I have. And uh, I just wanted to share that this morning because I'm feeling very uh, humbled by uh, the fact that it's not about me. My my body is no longer about myself. You know, it, they say it's a temple, and I believe it. And I'm watching it happen, and it it is good. So I thank you, everyone, for listening this morning. I am um, going to uh, continue to listen. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle O. Next is Bonnie B, followed by Loretta H, and then Heather. Go ahead, Bonnie. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for the beautiful opening chair. Um, Bonnie B. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered today by the grace of God. Um, yeah, this is my experience. I've been in program for a while, and this was the deal, not wanting to let people know. Um, there's a saying out there, um, I'm not being honest with you because I'm too busy trying to manage your opinion of me. And this is what it was. I was willing to give away the stuff I didn't think was so bad. But the stuff that I had decided was really bad, there's no way I was giving it away. And around the mountain, I went again. Um, you know, again, this, this is just my opinion. Um, no one cares. I've taken a lot of fifth steps. Um, no, I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you share with me. This is your journey with God. My addiction, I thought, coming into this program was the food. And I realize my addiction is really to people's opinions. Um, I now have one target. I look up every day. I say, I say, I pray out step one, two, and three. I offer myself to God. I lift up the palms of my hands. I put everything in it. He's the only target I have now. I used to have many targets, and they were all at eye level. And my whole life was run by whether or not they approved or disapproved of me. And there's another saying, um, we're only as sick as our deepest secrets. Um, you know, to share what's on the inside and God shows us what that is. We know, I know, I knew what that was. It was really obvious. I knew what it was. That's what brought freedom to me. And so I've gone from having a lot of walls to a lot of bridges. And I am um, so grateful. I run toward these things now. I run toward them with abandon because I know it's freedom on the other side. And I know that the only person I'm really trying to please is God. It's not people anymore. So thank you so much for your service. So grateful um, for each and every one of you. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Bonnie B. Next we have Loretta H. Followed by Heather E.H. And then Lynn S. Thank you all. Along with my precious God who is saving my life today, Loretta H. In North Carolina, recovered for this 24 hours, but they had not learned enough humility, fearlessness, honesty in the sense we find necessary until they told someone else about all about their life story. I love this program because the day I was humbled enough to know how sick I was was the first day of an honest day of work I ever did in my whole life. and. Um, I came in at 54, very broken, very diseased, very much of a, a manipulator, liar, running the show. And I knew that as a Catholic girl that I could just not say, bless me, Father, for I've sinned, and then go out and do it again because the disease would come back. And so all my four steps, and I've done many and given fifths, have given me the ability towards this um, 
spirit of the sunlight. And that's why I, I'm doing another one, and I just love them because each time I find something new. I didn't realize I was anorexic until I was four years into program. I did not realize I was a bulimic drunk. I always prided myself that I didn't have bulimia with the food, but I had it with alcohol. So all these things were revealed in God's time that I was honest and open and um, also willing to really look at myself all the time. And this is what the fourth and fifth step does. And I find a lot about myself in 10s and 11s too. And that's why I keep repeating this process because it never ends. It just never ends. I, I just feel so grateful. Last year I thought I was going to be paralyzed. And I worked more four steps on that. And today I'm walking a free man, literally walking a free man. And it's because of the work. And this is a textbook. It it teaches you all the time. I learn something new every single day, reading with you, finding new avenues of where I need work. It's just, it works if you work it. And I'm just so grateful that I have this design for living and I have a psychic change today because of the work. And God is good, and my fellowship is good, and you've all saved my life, and thank you, God. May you find him now. Thank you, Loretta H. Next, we have Heather E.H., followed by Lynn S., and then Veronica C. Go ahead, Heather. Hi, this is Heather E.H. from Texas, recovered and grateful, and I loved all the previous shares to me. They hit home, and they were just so beautiful, each and every one, especially the the leader. And um, I just wanted to add one thing in, and that is not just on my fourth and fifth steps, which have opened um, more and more doors as, um, as long as I've been in recovery in a couple of programs. But um, on a daily basis, when I do my morning meditation, the minute I get up and start, I, I drink a cup of coffee, and um, God starts talking to me immediately, and immediately, whatever whatever I need to share about what's going on with me, that I need to let out and tell somebody, like my sponsor, comes out to me, and I have to share it, and I text her. And um, that is a beautiful thing, and something that I learned in this program by coming to Vision for You and OA. And um, I didn't know it before when I was in just AA, but... um, This, by uh, listening to everybody on this line and this program, I have just, uh, my relationship with God has just become closer and closer. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, moderator. Thank you very much, Heather. And next, we have Lynn F., followed by Veronica C., and then Margaret D., 
Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. The line that's really speaking to me is, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary. And I had 17 years of abstinence, and then I went into an eight-year relapse. And during that eight-year relapse, I had two one-year stretches of abstinence and one two-year stretch of abstinence, but I was stark, raving abstinent. There was no recovery in it at all. And it was, you know, I thought I had lost my egoism. Not really, because I was Linus from Toronto, don't you know, and I'd you know, lost all this weight and I knew the big book back and forth and all that jazz. So I guess I really didn't lose my egoism. (laughs) Fear, they only thought they had humbled themselves. I don't know what I thought about humbling myself, but that's really not the point. Well, maybe that is the point. Maybe that's exactly the point. I hadn't cleaned house of my ego. I hadn't cleaned house. I wasn't humble. And I hadn't cleaned house in the way they found it necessary to live and maintain an abstinent way of life. And all through that eight-year period, I couldn't understand why I couldn't get it back. I couldn't get it until one day, finally, I just remember going to God and that total surrender And saying, God, I know that you and the 12 steps are the only way out, and I can't do it. I've tried and tried. I I thought I had told everybody my whole life story, and I probably had, but I hadn't accepted myself the harm I had done. I didn't see I didn't see the depths because that was the humility that was missing. That was the honesty. I am so grateful to now have eight or nine years. I don't even know what it is after that, after that terrible, terrible period. The steps, the spiritual principles that they embody, living the steps in my life has completely transformed me. And I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn S. Next, we have Veronica C., followed by Margaret D. Veronica C., press star oh, I'm one. Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, yeah, I'm here. Great. Thanks. Veronica C. from New York. Um, thank you for your service and everybody on the line today. I find something very comforting about knowing that there are so many people that are wanting to better their lives through this wonderful big book study. So uh, the fourth and fifth step, you know, when I, um, because I had done a fourth step many years ago, and um, as the years passed and I did an eventual second, fourth step, I was in a different place in my recovery. And I recognized things that I did not recognize before. And uh, the main thing that happened to me was that I recognized that I was running on fear. 
fear really ruled my decisions and it created the eventual need for me to control. I really never saw myself as a controlling person. And in the early stages of my life, I wasn't. But as time went on, as the disease progressed, that's what happened. I had to control everything. I had to control what was going on in my environment. I had to control uh, the way that perhaps not everybody, but unfortunately certain members in my family, the way that they were living their lives because I wanted what I thought was the best for them. And uh, I learned through that fourth and, and giving up the through the fifth step. Uh, there was just so much that was tiring me out that was creating this sense of uh, defeat and uh, a loss of my life, a loss of my identity. And uh, I did. I, I lost a, a really good portion of my identity that I had to lose because the new identity I was creating in program was filled with so much more hope and so many more possibilities. I mean, I've always wanted to talk about possibility thinking, but I wasn't able to do that anymore. And after I did the fourth and the fifth step and then subsequently went on through the steps, what a blessing that it has been in my life to be able to now finally feel that there is more of a sense of freedom and a sense of choice and to be living my life with more of a sense of compassion. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Veronica C. Next, we'll have Margaret D. And then we'll open it up for more sharing. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Margaret D. I'm in Georgia. Um, the writer says they took inventory all right, but they hung on. Oh, this is what I did. But they hung on to some of the worst items in stock. I had only thought that I'd lost my egoism and fear. I only thought that I'd humbled myself. And I couldn't stay abstinent. My story for the first 33 years in program was I did everything that everybody, in my head, I was doing everything that I was told to do any kind of service. I was doing, you know, four steps. I I did the 12 steps over and over with different, um, in different workshops. And, you know, if, if anybody looked at what I was doing, it would be like, well, gosh, she's got a really good program going, doesn't she? And the truth of the matter is, that it was like I was wrapped in saran wrap. You know, people could see me. I could see through the saran wrap. But it wasn't very real. There was certainly a, prote a protection in place, if you want to call it a protection, that was my ego. And the problem was, when I looked, I looked right through my ego. It, it's such a... So for 33 years, basically, I was the straw boss, and I was God, and I was running the show. And I looked to others because what I'd heard was God speaks to us through others. Um, 
So I, whenever somebody said to do something, that's what I did. And not once during those 33 years did I actually just, well, one time, one time I did, which will remain forever in two times, which will be my warmest memories. Um, but in only two, twice in that 33 period of time, did I ever have a conscious connection with my higher power. It was always about what I thought that connection would be like. It, it's almost like I had the connection or the connection that I have with the president of the United States. I know what his name is. I know where he lives. He's got enough information on me to do whatever he wants. You know, and I can find out anything about his personal life. I know what he wants me to do. He doesn't want me to, you know, rob, steal, cheat, do all these other things. But do I have a personal connection with the per president of the United States? No. No. Fine. And that's how it, and that's how it was with my higher power. Um and I guess with that I'm going to pass. Thank you, Margaret D. Okay, it's time to take um, a few more people. Uh, if you have shared in the last couple of days, if you could please step back and let others who have not shared, um, that would be wonderful. And we are sharing on page 72, the second paragraph, beginning with the eighth sentence. Time after time, the newcomers have tried through to the end of the paragraph on the next page until they told someone their life story. Who would like to share? Nancy P. Nancy P. Tracy G. Lacey G. Uh, Tracy G. Oh, Tracy. Gotcha. Okay. Anyone else? We have time for about three or four more. Nancy P. Tracy G. Maria G. Maria G. Kathleen M. Kathleen M. Okay, let's take one more. Monette M. Annette or Lynette? Monette with an M as in Mary. Monette M. Monette, okay. All right, so let's start with Nancy P. followed by Tracy G. Go ahead, Nancy. Star one to unmute. Hmm. Okay. Um, how about let's do Tracy G followed by Nancy P. Sorry Good morning, about that. Everybody. Can you hear me now? Oh, oh. go ahead. Yep. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. 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 Okay, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So. This reading um, is another cautionary tale about trying to take half measures. Um, relying on my own thinking to complete this was never going to work. Um, to complete the house cleaning, it needs to be inspected. My thinking is twisted, and I didn't think I needed to learn anything. I thought I already knew. At best, I wanted to start at the end and kind of learn retroactively and only enough to skate past the icky parts of my life. I can't keep this stuff to myself, of course, but the real value in bringing another person into it is to show me, it's just my opinion, how priceless fellowship is. 
um, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my mom had us clean up after dinner and then she'd come and check our work. And I have to say that it totally sucked. You know, she'd find places where I hadn't cleaned the pot or wiped the sink or pointed out something I hadn't, had forgotten to put away. And that all happened 55 years ago. And it still brings a shiver to my back. Um, but the benefit of that routine made me able to take care of my own house and my own stuff. And I needed then, as now, to have someone tell me how this is done. You know, this isn't good enough or this, this is acceptable and now you're done. I did this work under the guidance of someone in whom the problem had been solved, and I did everything she told me to do immediately and as hard as I could. I think it's a lucky thing that the step work isn't one and done. I continue to take other women through the steps so that I can learn more about humility, fearlessness, and honesty. If I don't stay on it, then I'm going to forget. I know. I will. The continuing of it all is what I think they're talking about when they say the sense they find it necessary. It's the only way to stay current. Arrogance, dishonesty, and fear are like growing things. Uh, you know, I'm starting my garden now. I just planted my pansies yesterday, and it will continue, the planting and the weeding and the deadheading, every day. And, you know, once I plant everything, I spend 90 minutes every single day maintaining it, you know, with the watering and the weeding, and I have to do it every day. No exceptions, no excuses. I'm the only thing my garden has to keep it healthy, and without me doing the work, it's going to die. So finally, finally, I learned... And just to make sure you know it's me, the only way I could embrace it was to say it once, three times, surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Nancy P. And next we have Tracy G. followed by Maria G. Good morning. Tracy G., North Carolina, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. This was a great reading for me. Uh, it took me four times. Uh, of going through the 12 steps and picking up fully every single time afterwards. And why was that? Because when I look at this paragraph out here time after time, trying to avoid not learning enough. And that was me. I was edging God out. I was determined to leave him out. I was to do it my way, my timing. And, uh, you know, the value that I see now on doing the work and the steps is humility is fearlessness and honesty. And these are life skills that I needed to learn, and I'm still learning, and I'll continue to learn. And, you know, how did that come about? Because I had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I had to embrace all of these past attempts and failures of what I thought I knew. I had to make the time to confront it and to acknowledge it and to be brave enough to see that there's a lot of failure. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There was a lot of habits. And God gave me a brain to think about these things. And even though I live this life of fear, I recognize that becoming fearless isn't about the absence of fear. Fear's going to come. It, it, it's just going to happen. But I can learn today in the discomfort to pause, to, to go to God, to pray, to do a 10 step, to reach out to all of you and be of service to others. How can that be today? Because I am willing just for today to surrender to the will of God. And I'm letting my faith, my, my reliance on God be greater. I'm trusting in him to do for me. And I'm willing to do the work of the 12 steps. Why? Because of the physical and emotional sobriety that it gives. And most importantly, today I have a closer more loving, dependent, personal relationship with God. And I know that the grace of God is 
good and he resides in my heart. And today I'm just grateful that I can persevere one day at a time in abstinence and working the 12 steps because of the power of God. And I don't have to live in fear, but live in faith. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tracy G. Next we have Maria G. followed by Kathleen M. Hi, Maria G. Recovered um, overeater from Louisiana. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, the sentence is, now that we are about to be cast out, this requires action on our part. And I've heard it over and over that action is the only thing that matters. Um, you know, all thinking, I keep saying this over and over, thinking is not a tool. And and feeling is not a tool. And um, until I began to take action, uh, nothing was really happening inside of me. Uh, on the outside, I was I was talking the you know the talk, but I wasn't walking the walk because I wasn't taking the action. And until that happened, I um, I felt like a shell. It's inside because I wasn't being real, I wasn't being honest, I wasn't overcoming the fear of letting people know the real part of me, the ugly parts, the parts I wasn't proud of. Um, because of my ego, I, uh, I held on to that. And it was only through prayer and the loving people who are in this program who have been given me a space, a loving space to be and, and express who and what I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then there came a time when I could actually love myself, really love myself, and then know the loving um, forgiveness of God and the loving acceptance of God in the loving acceptance that I could take, I could have for myself. And, um, and that's been the beautiful part of this uh, step. And uh, I so appreciate this meeting and everyone who helps to put it together. Thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Maria G. Next we have Kathleen M. And followed by Manette M. Go ahead, Maria. Oh, yes. Kathleen M. Sorry about that. Hi, this is Kathleen M. Recovered in Ohio. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love this reading and all the shares today. Um, you know, I was thinking about as a newcomer, trying to keep certain facts about my life to myself. And the first time that I jumped into program and readily embraced abstinence, I immediately, almost immediately, started with other self-destructive behaviors in my life that I told no one about. And um, my food looked pretty good. I had some, some good surrendering experiences of the food. And, and it was, I thought I had humbled myself. I thought, okay, I gave up the food. I can hold on to the, all these other things. 
you know, first I started uh, smoking after having quit smoking for a long period of time. And, you know, later on in program, I, I had a point in time where a very wise sponsor told me, you know, if you don't deal with this codependent uh, relationship in your life, you're going to go back to the food. And I just was so angry because I was like, how dare you <laughs> say that I'm going to go back to the food? I'm not going to go back to the food. Why would I do that? But I only thought that I had lost my egoism and fear. The truth was I was still holding on to my will and my life in a lot of other areas. Um, and so I think for me, letting go of my will, practicing letting go of the food is a shadow of what really um, the is required for this step um, to actually let go of my egoism means to say, you know, thy will be done in all areas of my life, not just with my food, um, thy will be done. Um, to actually let go of my fear means walking through some pretty scary things without some familiar crutches. But the thorough house cleaning that I require means um, not just having uh, God put my food in order for the day, but also trusting him to put me in order um, in all areas of my life and not holding back any secrets, not holding on to any addictive or self-destructive behaviors in any way, shape, or form because I can't afford to live in the sunlight of the spirit while also trying to uh, hold on to my way. It just doesn't work. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Kathleen. And now, Manette. M? Yes, um, this is Monette M. I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater um, in Oklahoma. And I'm grateful to be able to share um, on this paragraph this morning. So, yeah, on page 72 where it says, um, you know, my neighbors thought it necessary to go further. So they want to discuss, you know, we're going to discuss, like, um, you know, what good, you know, why the good reasons why we should do this. And yeah, the best reason first, if I skip this vital step, I may not overcome um, compulsive overeating. And um, and then further down, if I try to avoid this humbling, yeah, humbling, like letting go of my fear, letting go of my ego, getting out of myself, getting out of that terminal uniqueness, if I try to avoid this humbling experience, you know, I'm going to turn to easier methods and yeah, pick up other addictions or are, but then it says almost invariably, and I have invariably above that. I have every time always they got drunk or I'm going to pick up the food. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to eat alcoholically. And um, I did my last fist step with my sponsor on August the 4th of last year. Drove an hour north of where I live and sat on my sponsor's couch and um, did probably the most thorough um, inventory I've ever done. And I've been in 12-step recovery um, for um, for quite a while. And um, what was, yeah, the grosser handicaps that was revealed, um, you know, and I was kicking and screaming, I didn't want to have to do this inventory. It was, you know, all the resentment and the, you know, the people and uh, institutions and principles that, you know, had asked me to put down that I'd ever been angry with. And, and so... Um, but man, there was so much freedom on the other side of that. And I just trusted the process. And I said, God, I trust that there's, but yeah, what showed up for me was so much self-righteous and self-righteousness, um, being judgmental, judging mind. That means I'm in my controlling mind. And then also just un, 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 unmet um, expectations, having un expectations of people. And that kicks my butt, man. So as the paragraph ends with only thinking, 
that I've lost this. And yeah, this paragraph is into action and not into thinking. And I think I love the fact that the last there, it says, so I have to change this because anytime I see they or we, I think they're, they're, you know, or they, I think they're talking about you guys, not me. So I'm putting my name in there. You know, that Monette only thought she'd lost her egoism and fear. Monette only thought that she'd humbled herself, but she had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until she told someone all her life story. And so when I do that, it just, you know, it's in that place of humility, it keeps me in a place of being open-minded, um, a childlike beginner's mind and be willing to continue. And I love what someone shared. When I do this, it lets all the power out of that. So the true power of God can come in and, um, and I can surrender that power of love. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you. We have time for one more share. Who would like that? Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Pamela. Yeah, hi. My name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. God bless you all. Um, so what I got from that is um, I know I'm in a we program, and I know I need to use God to help me to get to recovery. At the beginning, when I started in the 90s, I want to bother God because you know, I won't waste your time with these little things. But I realized over the year that no little thing, anything that concerning my life is important to God, including that I don't compose or overeat or undereat. And also, I don't realize that God speaks to others. And I remember when I first came to the program, I just started the, not started, but I uh, born in uh, industry, the Dell industry, and I was uh, a the dancer. So I came in, I used to dress all we away, and if everyone just felt me who I am, they just focus on the solution, not what I would look like, what I wear, and I wasn't overly big or whatever. I, The way I speak, I speak their same language. They love me. And also, I was the only black woman, black human in there. And I felt so much love from the program. It's it been like that ever since. Now, although during the year it's been ups and downs because of who I am, I'm no longer in the adult industry from 2016, but it's a part of me and um, the way I act. And sometimes people were resenting that. But, you know, in most of the people in the program are very loving, very godlike, very centered. And then I met many amazing people in the program and count me there. Right now, present in my life, I'm doing very well. Uh, with the food, if not, the food a little rusty now, a lot rusty. And I can't go to the gym right now. I got a lot of pain. And I'm gaining a lot of weight. But mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm doing great. Um, and sooner or later, it will transform physically. And before, months ago, I was doing great physically, but mentally or mostly, I was a wreck. So, you know, one day, it all will balance. But God in the plan, no matter what. So I pray every day. I pray for others, talk to my sponsor, study the stuff every day, read the bit book every day, and do what I need to do and make outreach call, five outreach call every day. And I do get a lot of call. Thank you for program. 
And, you know, you just come as you are and just let God work on you because he loves you the way you are. And he wants you to be better. And so right. you just um, thank you so much. So thank you let me share. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. I'd like to thank everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of the study immediately following. The share ID for today, Wednesday, April 5th, is 20,125-20125. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Margaret D. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, Margaret D., star one. Okay. Um, Rachel P., would you like to step in? Oh, there you um, go. I'm here. You, um, Page 164. I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at this this morning. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until...